0: Hey everyone and welcome to the podcast. Earth Day is April 22nd. It's inspired me to write about a couple of things happening around my home and to share resources on Earth Day and actions we can all take that support good stewardship of our planet. So let's do this. I have a couple of things to share about what's going on around my house that's in the theme of Earth Day. The first one is called Happy Bees, Happy Humans, Happy Earth. A little over a week ago, I was out in our garden and photographed a honeybee feeding on our Lunaria flowers. There are images in my blog post at www.copperrangellc.com that you'll definitely want to check out. Because it brings all this really to life. And you can see how beautiful some of the things I'm going to talk about really are. So for science-minded gardeners, Lunaria is a type of flowering plant in the family called Brassicaceae. It includes two varieties, the annual or biennial called Lunaria annua, and the perennial called Lunaria rediviva. Our garden has Lunaria annua. The beautiful flowers alone make this plant worth growing, but its benefits for pollinators and beautifying our indoor spaces make this a garden sensation. Lunaria is commonly called silver dollar, dollar plant, money plant, moonwort, and honesty plant. See the photo on my website for what it looks like in its dried form. After the season is over, it has those beautiful white silvery circular dried seed pods, which create a really clean, fresh look. And these arrangements last like forever, not forever, but a really long time. So Lernaria is, it's a colorful, attractive, honeybee friendly plant that looks good outdoors and indoors for years. It's an easy win-win for the environment and for us, as I say, happy bees, happy humans, happy earth, please take a look at my website, www.copperrangellc.com. Go to the blog section so you can really see how beautiful this flower is, both when it's out in the garden or when it's dried. So here's a little bit more about Lunaria for the gardeners and growers out there. And then next I'm going to share why it's critical that we're thinking about pollinators. The Latin name Lunaria means moonlike and refers to the decorative seed pods. Lunaria annua are about two to three feet tall biennials with heart shaped leaves that carry fragrant one half inch purple or white spring flowers. Blooms are followed by brown seed pods. Ripened seed pods release their outer covering and translucent silvery white circles remain. This is what we see in the beautiful dried flower arrangements. Lunaria blooms in midsummer in hardiness zones four through eight. And I have on my website, um, on the blog section, a link to the United States Department of Agriculture hardiness zone, so you know what zones four through eight are. Basically, it's, for the most part, the entire United States. So Lunaria blooms in midsummer in hardiness zones four through eight and requires sun to part shade. It's properly grown as a biennial and in the second year makes large well-branched plants, after which it will seed itself freely around the garden. You can allow the seed pods to dry on the plant or you can snip the stems after the pods turn brown, tie a few together and hang them to dry. To collect the seeds wait until they're brown in the pod then rub the pod between your fingers to gently remove the outer layer store them in an airtight container someplace dark cool and dry now before i get on to the importance of pollinators i just want to add that if you are someone who doesn't have an outdoor garden uh, maybe you live in an apartment or a condo uh, you can actually try to grow these flowers in pots on in the indoors according to the you know the guidelines for growing them you of course won't have bees if you're growing indoors but that's I think what we would want but you'll still have these beautiful flowers and you can have your own dried flower arrangements um, so you could try to grow them in pots indoors, and even if you have limited outdoor space maybe you just have a balcony or you have um, a patio a small patio try growing them in pots and then you would, it would be really cool to see if you would attract bees even in a small outdoor space. So good luck. You'll love them. So on to the importance of pollinators. So the headline for me when we talk about pollinators is that they provide a nearly invisible service that's worth billions of dollars to the economy and supports human life. Birds, bats, bees, butterflies, beetles, and other small mammals that pollinate plants are responsible for bringing us one out of every three bites of food. Let me say that again. So, birds, bats, bees, butterflies, beetles, and other small mammals, which are pollinators, and when they pollinate plants, they're responsible for bringing us one out of every three bites of food. They also sustain our ecosystems, they prevent soil erosion, and produce our natural resources by helping plants reproduce. So worldwide, roughly 1,000 plants grown for food, beverages, fibers, spices, and medicines need to be pollinated by animals in order to produce the goods on which we depend. Food and beverages produced with the help of pollinators include apples, blueberries, chocolate, coffee, melons, peaches, potatoes, pumpkins, vanilla, almonds, and drum roll, please, tequila. In the United States, pollination pollination by honeybees, native bees, and other insects produces $40 worth of products annually. Global food supply is impacted due to the extensive role that honeybees play in North American agriculture, one of the largest food exporting regions of the world. Pollinator populations are changing. Many pollinator populations are inclined due to a loss in feeding and nesting habitats. Pollution, the misuse of chemicals, disease, and changes in climatic patterns. So here's some, um, some tips for how you can protect pollinators. And again, you know, growing things like Lunaria, um, which are native plants, and they are attractive to pollinators. And gosh, they produce these great flowers. And then you have these beautiful dried flower arrangements. It's a win-win. But here's some other ways. Again, plant native plants, especially those that provide food for pollinators. And uh, in my website blog, I have a link to uh, a site, um, www.pollinator.org, which provides, it's a terrific site, just about everything you, ever, you need to know about pollinators, but it will give you guides on the kinds of plants you could plant in your region that are pollinator-friendly. Okay, uh, other ideas on how to protect pollinators. Install houses for bats and native bees. Supply salt or mineral licks for butterflies and water for all wildlife. Fresh water every day, if you possibly can. Reduce pesticide use and substitute flower beds for lawns. So important. Okay, so we started out saying I had a couple things to talk about around happening around my house that were in the Earth Day theme. We finished Happy Bees, Happy Humans, Happy Earth. Uh, Second one is, old t-shirts never die. So a second thing happening around my house, which we've been doing for years, is repurposing old worn-out fabrics as cleaning rags. You know, more and more people are catching on to this. Rather than send our worn-out towels, sheets, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and stuff like that to the garbage, we repurpose them as cleaning rags. So it saves on paper towels And their source, trees. So one last thing I want to share with you today um, is just some Earth Day resources and tips. And this is more in the category of resources. There are so many good resources out there. Um, You know, coronavirus has shut down a lot of things these days. um, But the 50th anniversary of Earth Day is on April 22nd. And it's going digital. Check out uh, an organization called Earth Day Network at www.earthday.org. And again, you can get that link on my website blog. Um, It has a lot of terrific resources, all kinds of things happening, global cleanup campaigns, all kinds of things you can get involved in, easy things, important things, very educational, uh, very informative. There's some shows on Discovery coming up. So do check that out, Earth Day Network, online. And again, there are just so many easy things that we can each do to improve our environmental footprint. And again, a lot of us are already doing some of them. So sometimes it's fun just to go on these websites and see about how much you're already doing in your own life. Um, Other things you can do, just do a simple search in your web browser for Earth Day challenges or Earth Day tips. And you'll uncover lots of easy and great tips. Earth Day Network The organization Earth Day Network has daily challenges, which are really helpful and informative. I provide you a link in my website blog to um, the place on their web that has these challenges listed. They're really cool. They're very educational, easy to do, um, just eye-opening in so many ways. Many fun, really fun for kids. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, also turns 50 this year. Um, you can check out their incredibly important and challenging work and get some Earth Day tips at www.epa.gov backslash 50. So thank you for listening today. Take up an Earth Day challenge and join with thousands of dedicated environmental stewards around the globe. Visit www.copperrangellc.com for links to all the topics discussed here, more topics, You can have a chance to take a look at my images, send me a question. Actually, I also have some free Zoom backgrounds that you can download for free on my website. So take a look. Um, Great being with you today. Have a great day.